Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Money FM 89.3. If you've just joined us, you're just in time for Morning Shot. EU police force Europol recently sounded the alarm on the potential misuse of AI-powered chat GBT, warning of a grim outlook, given the possibility that such AI systems can be exploited by criminals. Now, this comes on the back of the rising popularity of AI-powered chatbots and their increasing capabilities. But beyond potential illicit use, the recent emergence of ChatGPT has also sparked heated debates and lawsuits about the ownership, copyrights of content created by these AI machines. And to help us better understand the questions around copyrights and plagiarism in the context of these emerging technologies, we're joined now by international expert in AI law, copyright and intellectual property, Associate Professor Henna Yifen Lim from the Division of Business Law at NTU Singapore's Nanyang Business School. Good morning, Prof. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Okay, before we jump into the interview, we'd like to disclose, full disclosure here, right, that the part of the lead-in you heard earlier was actually generated by ChatGPT, then tweaked to fit our needs based on other research materials. So in such cases where a combination of methods were used to generate content, tell us what are the complications in determining who owns the rights of the final content that's put out Ah, good question. Well, actually, there are many complications indeed. And I mean, let me just touch on two complications. Mm-hmm. The first one is depends on which country we're in. Mm-hmm. So we've oh, okay. you know, got to talk about which country we're talking about. So in many countries, there is actually no copyright protection for works generated solely by a machine. Mm. Um, however, copyright may be possible in cases where the creator can prove there was substantial human input. Now, you haven't told me how much human input that, mm. that was, okay. and it's really up to a court to decide. So, so that's really the, the first issue that we, we need to talk about, which country and how much substantial input. Then the second complication really is dependent on this question called originality. It's a threshold mm. question in copyright law. Mm-hmm. So for your chat GPT, if what was produced is not original under the whatever the court decides, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are objective um, tests. There's no copyright, so you wouldn't own anything anyway. Okay. So, yeah, so I mean, for an example of this would be if, if what the chat GPT has produced mm-hmm. was completely copied word for word from what I somebody see. else had said, either online or in a radio or some other news media outlet, then as many of us are aware, these kinds of generative AI programs are based on the data sets that they're being fed. And if the AI program just regurgitated everything word for word mm-hmm. that somebody else has said or just already out there, it's clearly not original and clearly cannot be protected by copyright. So, uh, Prof, you are saying I didn't tell you how much of that had the human input. So how much is enough? Is there a percentage? <laughs> No, there's no percentage. I mean, if if that was the case, um, all the lawyers, IT lawyers out there would be out of work. Uh. Um, So, for example, you know, in the past, I mean, just for example, if if Chad GPD throws out a poem or a song, Mm -hmm. and if you use that poem or song, even if you just change a little bit, generally, you would not have any rights over what is out because... It's not original and you'd be liable for copyright infringement. But it comes back to which country you're talking about because in other countries Mm -hmm. um, like America, 
where there can be parody to a song. So you actually do change some, but not a huge amount, and it would attract copyright protection right. if you actually did do that. Right. And then there are other countries where if you change the headlines, even though it's a, the headline stories in a newspaper article, for example, it might only be four or five words long, mm-hmm. that can also have original content. It, it's not a percentage, but rather it is an objective test that's based on substantive originality. So I'm afraid it's not as simple as oh, how many percent, how many words did you change? Right. Because you might have changed it, but it's, it's still not original because mm-hmm. you, you know, as some students might do, they just replace every word for mm-hmm. a synonym. Well, the whole paragraph, so no, it doesn't work like that. So you were saying, depending on which country, what about Singapore? Are things clearer? Do we have a clearer framework or governance around that? Uh, On the threshold question, originally, Mm -hmm. no, it still has to go to court, really. I mean, if if two sides uh, disagree, it has to go to court. Okay, so talking about Singapore, last year we launched the world's first AI governance testing framework and toolkit to help AI developers measure their systems in an objective and verifiable manner. Could you talk us through how this development can contribute towards making sure our IP laws can be more in line with our goal to be an AI hub? Well, let's put it this way. Um, Singapore in 2021 Mm -hmm. actually amended its Copyright Act Mm -hmm to actually allow text and data mining. So what this means is that it allows this AI program creators, so Mm -hmm. let's make it clear who we're talking about, Mm -hmm. it allows them to use copyrighted material to train their AI programs for Mm -hmm. machine learning. But there are some proviso, for example, that they must already own um, or have access to it, I think, the materials. So there, there are efforts there to balance between the content creator's Mm -hmm. original rights, meaning the copyright owners, as well as encouraging innovation and creativity. So the whole framework that that came out is really aimed towards that, to help people navigate this very murky water. But to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. I'm a lawyer, (laughs) so whatever I'm going to say will sound like a lawyer and I would suggest that businesses go and seek proper legal advice if they're going to do anything that they think might actually infringe on copyright or other IP owners' rights. Okay, but while we have you on the line, when it comes to copyrights, are existing laws robust enough to protect individuals and companies while at the same time encourage innovation and creativity? That That's a question that we normally teach over 13 to 26 weeks um, <laughs> at university. So, I mean, I, I would just say for starters that intellectual property law covers not just things like copyright, but also other areas like trademarks and patents. And I think those of us who are formally trained in computer science like myself mm-hmm. and who also understand patent law, we would probably have great trouble finding the inventive step required under patent law in the content created by most AI programs. Hmm. Um, this is different from the actual AI program itself because that is a different story. But we're talking about content created by AI programs. Hmm. And, and the other thing that may be a bit difficult to find would be the legal requirement of novelty. Hmm. Um, but it really depends on the AI program and the individual piece of work that is actually created. So do you think there is a need for this to be clearer with better regulations or some changes in this part of things? Well, to be honest, it's not easy to create regulation Mm -hmm. or guidelines even 
because it really depends on the actual AI program and how it's designed and programmed and what kind of data has been fed to the AI program Mm -hmm. or the AI algorithm. Um, Because if we just talk about copyright alone, the AI programs that we have today are very different from the AI programs that I was writing when I was a student studying computer science in the 1980s. It's a different, it's quite a different model altogether. Mm -hmm. And so most of the AI programs today depend on algorithms as well as data sets. And and we're talking about humongously big data sets, you know, commonly known as big data. And um, for example, Chat GPT uses reinforcement learning from mm-hmm. human feedback, mm-hmm. which means that there is constant human interaction as it improves itself. And no doubt, I haven't read the terms and conditions of its use, um, but no doubt it'll probably say, oh, whatever you feed this Chat GPT or ask questions you ask, mm-hmm. or giving away your copyright. So if you want to feed it entire works of um, Jane Austen and you actually don't have the right to do so, then mm. you might be in trouble. But having said that, the initial model of ChatGPT, it was trained using supervised fine-tuning um, method and, and models, meaning that mm-hmm. human AI trainers provided conversations in which they actually played both sides, like the user mm-hmm. who was a human and an AI assistant. And right. these human trainers were given model uh, written suggestions or answers or, and questions to help them compose their responses. So we don't really know where or what these original model written suggestions came from. Mm-hmm. So they came from copyright protected works like plays with lots of dialogues or even radio program hosts interviewing their um, interviewees. There will be serious questions raised about the ownership of the output from the mm-hmm. AI program. And I don't think any regulator can actually sort of move beyond that, especially since the framework for intellectual property protection is international. Mm-hmm. And while Singapore can certain things to manoeuvre and, and help and encourage and, and give certainty, it will be difficult. It will be difficult. So from a business perspective, how, how do business owners ensure that their use of you know, AI-generated content complies with whatever regulations that, that are currently in place? You know what I'm going to answer, you know? <laughs> I'm a lawyer. So Come see me. Okay. I can't tell you over the phone because okay. there's so many nuances, really. Mm-hmm. Are. I mean, mm-hmm. copyright is very complex and AI yeah. is even more complex because there's so many branches of AI. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, of course, we've recently also seen the disruptive power of AI in instances such as fake photos showing Donald Trump being arrested. And uh, we know that those were AI-generated using Trump's images from previously taken photos that have been made public. But what are the legalities revolving the fair use of such public photos? Well, actually, the example you've given is not new or unique mm-hmm. because, realistically speaking, this uh, has been possible for a long time with photo editing mm-hmm. software. So I guess the disruptiveness of it all comes from the fact that AI has put this power mm-hmm. uh, to do such nefarious acts into the, act that, the hands of those who may not be technologically savvy in the first place. And in doing so, it has increased the scale of such fake news to a much heightened level so mm-hmm. that we all need to be very careful. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the legalities around the fair use of such photos, it really, again, differs from country to country. So while Singapore amended its laws to have a more general and generous fair use defence, there are other countries such as Australia, where I come from, Mm -hmm. where such a wide defence doesn't exist because Mm -hmm. in Australia we have a much narrower fair dealing Mm defence. And so in Australia, this kind of thing um, would actually be considered copyright infringement as well as fake news. (laughs) 
Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Great speaking with you, Professor. We've been speaking with Associate Professor Hannah Yifen Lim from NTU's Nanyang Business School. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.